0: Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B O O K E Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we will unlock the book The Effective Executive. This book is the masterpiece of the management master Peter F. Drucker, and it will address the question: what should an executive do to be effective? Drucker was the first person to realize that the knowledge economy was about to come. He proposed for the first time in his book that we will see a knowledge-based society in the future. And as a matter of fact, the management in the future will be focused on the management of knowledge workers. Especially, Drucker redefined executive in this book, and proposed that executives are knowledge workers in the organization, and their top priority task is to manage themselves well this is consistent with the sayings nowadays, like anyone can manage, and everyone should be his CEO. You see, although Drucker wrote this book decades ago, and the quoted cases happened in industrial civilization era, the problems he focused on are still humanistic and well in advance of the era. And the problems he discussed in the book are still the hot management problems nowadays. The support from Sloan, one outstanding executive, was an indispensable factor that allowed Drucker to grow into a management master. Without the in-depth study on General Motors and the chance to get close to Sloan, it would have been impossible for Drucker to write so many far-reaching management books. Sloan, whose full name was Alfred Sloan, was the eighth president of General Motors, and had been in office for 23 years. On the 75th anniversary of Business Week, Sloan was chosen as one of the greatest innovators of the past 75 years. Then what did Sloan do to gain such high praise? During his term serving as the president of General Motors, it took him only three years to turn the company on the verge of bankruptcy into a winning company. And then he steered the company to rapidly develop into the world's largest automobile company in the following years. From 1921 to 1922, he proposed a new management model called Decentralized Operation under Centralized Policy Control. Are you familiar with the multidivisional company structure adopted by modern businesses? The new management model in his book is the prototype of the structure. He divided General Motors into 21 divisions based on product, appointed four deputy general managers to take charge of the 21 divisions. He also demanded the headquarters to make significant decisions for the divisions, such as financial management and control, appointment and dismissal of leaders, and setting business objectives. Moreover, he made each division take charge of its specific businesses. Sloan believed that, by doing so, the policy decisions and administrative management could be separated, in order to guarantee a balance between centralization and decentralization. These common management concepts in modern enterprises were actually quite advanced at that time. Sloan served as the president at a critical and challenging moment for General Motors. And indeed it was the wisdom of Sloan on effective management, that enabled General Motors to move from the status of near bankruptcy towards excellence. After listening to Sloan's story, do you also want to manage yourself and your company as effectively as Sloan? Next. We will tell you the key insights of the effective executive in four parts. Let's see, what on earth we should do to become an effective executive. Part 1, why do we need effective executives? Part 2, how to know your time? Part 3, how to make strength productive? Part 4, how do effective executives make decisions? Drucker pointed out clearly at the beginning, management books usually deal with managing other people but the subject of this book is managing oneself for effectiveness. It is not reliable to make an ineffective executive lead others. This book was published in 1966. At that time, the American economy was growing rapidly after World War II, and so was the number of executive managers. However, these newly emerging executives lacked relevant knowledge and experience. They did not know what to do, not to mention how to be a good executive. They worked all day but showed nothing useful. Under this context, Drucker first raised the problem of work effectiveness of executives, and believed that the work effectiveness is critical to the success of an organization. The organization would not be effective without effective executives. It is a kind of common sense nowadays, but was a very remarkable insight at the time. Let's see what kind of qualities an executive should have. The author believed that an executive should firstly be a knowledge worker, who must contribute to the organization and substantially affect the operating capability and performance of the organization. That is to say, most directors of the companies are executives. And Sloan, the aforesaid president of General Motors, is a typical executive. Of course, according to the definition we just mentioned, Many staff having no title of director or manager could also be deemed as executive. On the battlefield, all soldiers are executives. That is because the general can only tell them the strategy to take, when encountering specific enemies. But the general can't give them specific instructions to follow, when the soldiers meet the enemies in the jungle under a hail of bullets. Instead, they should decide on what to do independently by themselves. On the contrary, A person cannot be deemed as a real executive if he is not responsible for the working contents and methods of subordinates and has no significant influence on the organization's operation. However, it is also incorrect to judge whether a knowledge worker is an executive or not only by his subordinates. Imagine this scenario Company A employs one market researcher that has over 200 assistants. Company B, however, employs just one secretary who also works in market research. The market researcher with over 200 subordinates will be able to complete a lot of work indeed. But the contributions he makes may not be more significant than the secretary. In a knowledge-based organization, if an independent staff makes decisions and can affect the operation of the company, he should be deemed as an executive, even without any subordinate. Why must executives be effective then? Drucker believed that executives are within the organizations. To some extent, they are the prisoners of the organization. First of all, the time of executives usually belongs to others, not themselves. They are bound to be interrupted at any time by their subordinates, supervisors, customers, or partners. Secondly, executives are often swamped with everyday errands they have to rush to deal with various emergencies, having no time to think about what matters. Thirdly, the work output of executives must be used by the upper management in order to generate results. This means that executives must spend a lot of time communicating with their superior leaders and personnel of other departments. And as a result, executives will fall into a dilemma. It is easy to confine their attentions just within the organization but ignore the external world that the organization serves. Consequently, the organization will become unable to provide effective services and contributions to the external world. It is a fact that all our executives face the above-mentioned challenges. Therefore, each executive must take the initiative to learn how to improve his effectiveness. Otherwise, he may struggle to juggle all his responsibilities. The good news is that, it is not a difficult thing to learn to work effectively. It needs no unique talents, as long as we master the correct method, and keep practicing until we finally turn our pursuit of effectiveness into a habit. In short, for executives, the effectiveness can be learned, and must be learned. Well, that's all for the first part. To summarize, executives refer to managers in a broad sense. They use their knowledge to make decisions and affect the overall performance and achievements of the company. Then, why must executives be effective? Because mastering the skill of effective work is the only way for the executives not to get trapped in the daily challenges at work. Next, let's talk about the second part, how to know your time. The author believed that to control their time well, the executives first need to record how they spend their time in order to figure out the problems existing in their timetable management. The second step is to remove activities that don't add values, thus to save more time. And finally, the executives should consolidate their time. Let's begin with the first step, record time. Why should we record time? Because people often have no accurate feeling about time. Let's look at the following example. The chairman of a company is quite sure that he spends most of his time doing three things. Business negotiation, customer reception, and participating in social activities. However, when his secretary starts recording his activities for six weeks, and compares her data with the chairman's estimation, they find that the chairman spent little time on the three things that he said he focused on. The fact is that, he thinks he should spend more time on these things, his memory deceives him. Actual time records show that the chairman spends most of his time in the operational aspect of the business, such as processing customer orders and calling the factory to collect the goods. There is even a record of a failure in delivering a customer's order due to the chairman's intervention. The chairman doesn't believe this. But after a few more times of recording, he admits that he couldn't rely on his feeling at all. That's why Drucker said that as an executive, if you can't know thyself, you should at least know your time. It's not difficult to achieve as long as you keep recording your timetable. Once we figure out where we spend all our time, we can start the second step, to prune the time wasters. Executives can ask themselves which activities are completely unnecessary, which activities can be delegated to others, and which activities are wasting others' time. There is also another kind of time-wasting situation caused by malorganization. For example, in 1950s, the American Department of Defense had to use up the budget by the end of each fiscal year. Otherwise, they should return the remaining part to the Treasury. Every year around this time, staff at all levels in the Department of Defense found themselves scrambling to make use of the remaining available budget. Later, a new minister McNamara took office. He found that, according to a provision in American law, they could transfer the unused budget to a temporary account instead of returning it to Treasury, so they can still use it after the end of the fiscal year. This finding helped the Department of Defense of the United States to eliminate the need to rush in spending their budget, and to save more time and energy for more important things. In this regard, Drucker concluded that, if a factory always seems extraordinarily busy, bad management must be one great reason any well-managed factories will appear monotonous without any exciting events. That is because such factory can predict and deal with all potential dangers or risks, and finally turn the danger or risk into routine work by proper means. Let's move on to the third step. Even if they eliminate time-wasting activities, the executives have little time of their own. Therefore, they must find ways to concentrate the fragmented time slots, and consolidate them to deal with the most important things. There are different methods. For example, the senior executives can work in a specific department for one day in a week. Or they can concentrate all routine tasks in a few days, leaving other time slots available for the important things. About this, Drucker believed that it's not right to judge the priority of matters by urgency. Those that seem urgent are not necessarily the most important things. On the contrary, the things that matter, such as strategic thinking about the future and putting resolution into practice, do not seem so urgent. If we keep judging priorities solely by degree of urgency, these important things will always be postponed. Experienced executives will never forget the most important things because of the most urgent things. They usually sort and filter urgent things, and set aside a large chunk of time to deal with the most important things. That's all for the part on how effective executives can control their time. First of all, record your timetable, and cut off those meaningless activities that waste a lot of time. Then, try to concentrate the fragmented time to create a large chunk of uninterrupted focus time to work out important things. Today we are just sharing Limited Bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get seven days free trail with more features. Dir hat dieser Podcast gefallen? Dann klicke jetzt auf Abonnieren und empfehle ihn weiter. Bleib immer auf dem Laufenden und folge uns bei Twitter, Instagram und Facebook. Mehr Podcasts findest du auf meinpodcast.de.